Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Leslie Urbas. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. How are you today? I am fabulous. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you here today. Our topic is finding joy in movement, staying active in this hectic holiday season. I, I think... For one, I think it's hard if uh, you haven't added some movement or fitness to your life ongoing, but even if you have, keeping it going when things become so hectic, especially at this time of year, can be a real challenge. And so I'm looking forward to you sharing some tips and tricks for our audience. Um, but I'd also like for you to start by sharing what even brought you to the world uh, to become a dietitian and then enter the world of fitness. How did that all come about for you? That's a great question. So honestly, it started when I was really young. Hmm. The nutrition piece started probably about when I was in sixth grade. And I won't forget this guy in my sixth grade class just said something along the lines of, ooh, I love donuts. And I said something like, my mom says an apple is healthier than a donut. He was like, well, I don't care what your mom says. I just thought, well, don't you care about your health? And he was like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> which would be a typical sixth grader. But mm-hmm. at that moment, I just thought, you know what? He did ask a really good question and, and thought process of, I don't really know why an apple is healthier than a donut. Mm-hmm. And it always piqued my interest. And I was always very interested in nutrition from there. Mm-hmm. But the story continues really to the heart of the issue when I started high school. And I was always a normal, healthy weight. Um, even before I entered high school, I was a normal, healthy weight. But my freshman year of high school, I wasn't skinny. I'm saying that with air quotes because I was healthy. I wasn't skinny. Mm-hmm. And within my first week of high school, my high school softball coach told me I would never play varsity softball because I was too fat to play. And less than three days later, a girl that sat next to me in the majority of my classes due to alphabetical order uh, said, we were talking. I said, let's hang out this weekend. And she said, I'm really sorry, but you're kind of too big to hang out with me and my friends. So at that moment, I vowed to diet. And I was an extreme dieter through high school. I actually wound up being about 20 pounds heavier when I left high school. 
And I was in the overweight category. So when everybody struggles, like talks about how they wish they could go back to high school and being younger, that story doesn't resonate with me. I struggled and gained. And no matter what I did, I was always gaining and bigger because of my attachment to food, the issues I wasn't dealing with. And then I think probably my sophomore year. So my freshman year was just spent diet cycling. You name the diet. I tried it from 19, what, or I guess it was 2000s at that point in 2000s, early 2000s, whatever diet was popular. I tried it and I didn't get any results. I mean, what 15 year old should like eat food, play, enjoy your life. You're 15, but it wasn't what went through my head. So at 16, I started to bear down. I was still playing softball and doing some other sports, but I wasn't as active because they weren't playing me as often because I wasn't good enough. Mm. So at 16, I think right before my 16th birthday, I said to my mom, I'm going to start waking up early in the morning to work out. Do you want to do that with me? And at 16 years old, I started waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning and I haven't stopped since. So yeah, that's how I got here. Yeah. Wow. Apologies for that. Yeah. You know, that's so amazing. And it's interesting. I I was a kid or a teenager in the 80s. And at that time, it was kind of looked upon if you weren't an actual twig, then you were chunky. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, no. Um, and then even my friend who was a dancer, she looked like you say healthy. She didn't look she wasn't fat. She didn't have all this, you know, hanging, whatever, whatever, but they considered her fat. And uh, so it's interesting that has body image change and what's idea of skinny or good looking has changed. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because now some women, even when they start to gain strength or muscle and not like huge amounts, like not like Arnold Schwarzenegger muscle, they're, Oh, I'm getting fat. It's like, no, 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 that that's, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's kind of switching that narrative, that cultural narrative that we've been fed and switching it for no, what, what does healthy really look like? A hundred percent. Yeah. So when you, when you finally st- I got a handle on it, what, what did you add new um, fitness? What fitness did you add and what did it look for you adding it to your life? Yeah. I- I'd love to say it got better before it got worse, but it got worse. So, <laughs> right. I had to, I had to go through high school and be that way and step into the role as a dietitian. And when I was in my freshman year of college, I thought, well, I can't be overweight and go be a dietitian. Who's going to listen to me? Like nobody's going to listen to me. So I wasn't in any nutrition classes as most college students, your first year is just general studies, right? You don't even step into what you're going to do yet. And I was just in general studies. And I remember I, I actually had a boy that was interested in me at that time and we started dating. And so it all kind of came together and like, well, I got to lose this weight. You know, our weights are too close. Mm. That's what I thought in my mind. Our weights are too close for me to be comfortable. So I, I did what other girls may have experienced where I just didn't eat. Mm. I, I did, I, I was at away at college kind of, and nobody was really paying attention to me. It was brand new. I didn't really have that many friends. So it was like October of the freshman year. So mm. I went to two to three a day workouts, mm. completely abused exercise. Um, excessive exercise disorder is what they call it. And Mm -hmm. also ate very limitedly. I mean, the amount of food that you could know that I was eating while I was doing this was crazy. And I lost 10 pounds really rapidly, but my cousin and I still worked together Mm -hmm. uh, at the place that I worked at because I didn't go too far away from home for school. So I stayed working there. Mm 
and she noticed she mm-hmm. noticed come I guess maybe the, the eating disorder actually started on the day after Thanksgiving. So I contemplated it at all of October. So it was actually November of school that I started my eating disorder. Because I remember on Thanksgiving being so uncomfortable that on the day after Thanksgiving, I just decided to go hog wild. And before Christmas, she had figured it out and caught, talked to my mom about it. When my mom confronted me, like, hey, I'm Carrie's telling me you're not eating. I was just like, she's full of it. And at that moment, I was like, okay, click off because I'm not going to any of these schools. This is not me. I'm not having my cousin dictate my life, et cetera. So I shut it down, which is almost impossible when you think about being on it for almost a month. But to me, that's always how life has kind of been, was I was able to turn it off or turn it on. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I turned it off and I started eating a little bit better, but I was just like everybody else, 1200 calories work out, make sure you're there, do the crazy things and, until yeah. I really learned more. So it got a little worse through my freshman year, but sophomore year, I really reined it in and learned so much about nutrition that it became more important to me to learn how to eat well for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's really when it started to click. Exercise kind of took a little bit longer for me to pick up because I didn't become a personal trainer until well probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years later Mm. from that moment. Um, And that's when exercise started to become more healthier for me as well. So I probably maintained a little bit of the exercise disorder for a little while, but that wasn't something that people clinically diagnosed until Mm. about the 2010 era. So yeah, I recall that. And, and you know, it's cool that we go here because I've done the exact same thing where I I never see myself as a gym buff or anything, but I made it part of my schedule every day, go on that treadmill or elliptical machine for 40 minutes, eat 1200 calories, that's it. And I was never losing weight. In fact, as I got older, I was gaining weight. Um, so yeah. I'd love for you to share with our audience, like, why does that happen? You're like, I should be losing weight. How am I eating less and less? And I'm not losing weight, but I'm gaining weight. It doesn't make sense. And then I've seen other people who, when they exercise properly and eat properly for the exercise they're doing, they can actually eat more and they lose weight. It, it's, yeah. it smells like a brain spank. <laughs> yeah, it's totally, completely. So the 1200 calorie thing really doesn't work for the majority of the world. The 1200 calorie diet, which was designed for the mass amount of people was just like you said, in the 1980s, when it was popular, because skinny was what you had to be Mm -hmm. in order for a very frail person to lose weight. Not that they would ever have to 1200 calories is probably what they're going to need based on recommendations from back then. Mm -hmm. So that's why that diet became very popular and why we all had to attempt and try it because Mm -hmm. that was something that was pushed, just like Adkins or keto or any of the ones that are out there right now. Mm -hmm. And the truth is very much like you're saying, I see these people go to the gym and then they start eating properly. Every single one of us isn't unique. We hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. Some of us don't believe it, but we are. So why, if our brains are unique and our bodies are unique, would our second brain, aka our gut, not be unique? Mm -hmm. So I really focus on the thought process that if it is not customized or catered to you, you Mm -hmm. will not succeed. So for these gym people, a majority of them use macros and macro counters. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, even that is not really personalized. If you can go to a computer system and plug and chug numbers, other people with your same numbers get the same result. Mm -hmm. You actually have an internal guide that is 
there for you to tell you what to eat, when to eat it, how to eat it. And that is part of it. So it's those gym people typically get the results even when using macros because they have a very limited playlist of these are the foods I accept. These foods are bad. Mm -hmm. And when they're in this, I'm going to be buff in gym rat mode, they have that willpower to say this, not that. Mm -hmm. But as that comes down in their life, they get into that. I can't say no to these bad foods anymore. So you see them trend upwards as well. And that's when they have to either get more restrictive mm-hmm. or they have to fix the metabolic problem, which people don't realize, but the diets we do in our teens, 20s, 30s, 40s destroy our metabolism by the time we're 50. And our hormones as well, right? So people play that card a lot. Hormones are going to change no matter what, in my mm-hmm. mind. I actually was on a podcast quite a little while ago about how neither one of us really believe in menopause. We believe it's a man-made kind of thing Hmm. that we do go through. I'm not denying that women stop having periods, (laughs) but some of the symptoms have been ingrained in us and programmed into us. And many women say, I gain weight in menopause. And I beg to differ. You gain weight in your 50s for five reasons. One, you abuse diets when you were a child. Two, you're 50. You're not chasing around a small kid anymore. So if you had kids, you don't have to do that. You're 50. So you're probably more secure in your job. So you're not the one running around like crazy trying to keep your job or Mm -hmm. earn the next rank. You're like, I'm good. Let's skate through. Let's Mm -hmm. retire. Right. The fourth thing, if you are in a secure relationship, there's less of a desire to feel like you have to play a certain part. You're secure, you're happy, you're healthy. And the fifth reason is all of those things put together slash. Yes, there's some hormonal changes, but if hormones caused everybody to be fat, we would know no one in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s that is skinny. And that's not true. Or, or just healthy and in good weight. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't play into those. So it's the stories in the backgrounds that we're taught a little bit as well that are playing out as we hit those ages. You know, I, I like that you men- mentioned that, Leslie, because I started two years ago in my 50s for the first time really taking fitness serious, not just going on the treadmill and the elliptical. For years, the trainers would walk the floor and say, come on, you got to do a little weightlifting. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't do weightlifting. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, you're if you build muscle, it will build your metabolism. You'll be able to lose more weight. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, lo and behold, I, I hired one of those trainers eventually, and he was right. I actually lost 50 pounds. That's amazing. Um, from years of bouncing around doing a whole bunch of cardio and not really having results and also helping me with my my diet and my nutrition, which is a very critical um, portion. So I'd like to go to the part of now we're in the holiday season. Everyone, including myself, is kind of falling off that wagon, proverbial wagon with their diet, nutrition, because, hey, there's a whole bunch of yummy, maybe not so healthy foods this time of year. How do we just stay on track or keep maybe um, as healthy as we possibly can this time of year, also including our our fitness as well. Yeah. So one of the big keys, and I, I tell this to people, whether it's the holiday season or not, is that we really have to come from the angle of giving yourself grace. Mm-hmm. So if you can make skipping a gym session or eating a cookie be as simple as, you know, really the promises you break to yourself because the majority of us are only breaking promises to ourselves the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. So if you can make it as easy as like, Oh, I spilt milk on the ground. I guess I need to clean that up. 
and not make it like, I can't believe I didn't go to the gym. I can't believe I ate that cookie. Now I'm going to gain 50 pounds. I better rein it in. I'm only eating salads tomorrow. If we can make that less, your results won't fade through this. So my number one tip to anybody is give yourself grace. The second thing is with getting to the gym, I always say don't plan. If you know that the gym is something that's tight already, plan to be active within your home. It's possible whether or not you have weights or have anything around you, you can be very active in your home. YouTube has a million different exercise channels. One of the ones I always love to promote is Fitness Blender. I feel like those people do a great job. And if you are highly bored, they have ones for people that are highly bored. So you never repeat it. You get a 20 minute workout and you need no space bigger than like your desk. Mm -hmm. So if you have enough room like that or can push the coffee table out of the way, you can make it happen and pay nothing and, mm -hmm. and allow that. Or a lot of people think I need 30 minutes in a row. And research actually shows that if you do 10 minutes, three times a day or 15 minutes, a couple of times a week, you're going to get the benefit as well. So maybe it means today you take a walk, a brisk walk, like mm -hmm. we do it with the family or um, a lot of times over the holidays, we would take walks after dinner to see the lights around the neighborhood and, and things along that nature. So really thinking outside the box instead of I have to go to the gym. Yeah. And then the last thing I really teach people is watch your words around this is good, mm -hmm. this is bad. Mm -hmm. Because food is not good or bad. It's just mm -hmm. calories, protein, carbs, and fat. It all does the same thing. Once it passes your throat, mm -hmm. you have no idea where it is. Mm -hmm. And your body only sees carbs, proteins, fat, and calories. It doesn't say, ooh, this carb came from pasta versus this carb came from an apple. It has no idea. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. Mm -hmm. Sure, there's different vitamins and minerals, but it's not like like people used to say, oh, I can't eat ice cream because it goes to my butt or that goes straight <laughs> to my waist. Yeah, it, it doesn't work like that per se. Your body has no idea what you're ingesting. So giving yourself grace and coming from a different way of, no good, no bad. Where can I make it work for me? And really allow yourself that you will skate through the holidays without gaining a pound. If you can make it mean less, the more you make it mean, the more pounds you'll feel like you have to lose come January one. Boom. You know, I, I like that you say that, Leslie. I heard a story from a trainer friend of mine who said that he was working with a, um, a client and she was like, oh, you wouldn't believe this. I, I screwed up the other day. I went out to dinner and it's the holidays. And I had dessert and I know I'm supposed to be losing weight. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, well, tell me what happened. And she's like, well, you know, I ordered a cake. And he's like, well, how'd you feel when you ate it? So oh, I didn't feel too good afterward. And he's like, well, uh, and she said, but you know, I noticed I didn't eat the whole cake. I only had four bites. Well, there you go. See, you didn't, she said, normally I would have had dessert and wine and this, but I just had the cake. So he said, so give your, and he was saying just what you were saying, give yourself grace because you didn't go all out and binge and have like 10, the items that aren't maybe the best for your health, you had one item and you had a couple bites and, yeah, and that, that exactly. makes all the difference. Yeah. 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 And, and to even add to that, even if she ate the whole cake, I always, a tip I give to a lot of my clients when they start is eat whatever you want, but mm -hmm. here's what I want you to do. Bring your awareness to the situation. Mm -hmm. I consciously am choosing to eat this delicious piece of cake. And you take your bite number one and you rate it on a scale of one to 10, one, the mm -hmm. least 10, the most, mm -hmm. if it's a 10, keep eating. But if at any point you take a bite of that cake and it's less than an eight, you push it away. Mm -hmm. You can go back to it later if you want to, 
But if it's less than an eight, you're really not satisfied with it. You're just finishing it because it's in front of you. Yeah. I I love that because then, you know, if you're going to do, as some people say, I'm going to do that cheat meal or something or that cheat item, you're making it. So this is absolutely like I would, I would say when I first started the first six months, I did no sugar, but then I said, if I'm going to do some sweet sugar cake or something, I want it to be the best darn cake. I'm going to go to the best bakery in town. I'm going to get the super delicious chocolate cake so that for one is better made than Intamin. It's not like processed. And, uh, you know, so you're, you're, as you say, you're becoming more aware of what you're putting inside of you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And now here's something else you mentioned, Leslie, that I thought was really cool. Looking outside the box of what we consider exercise. For one, I think exercise as a kid, we called it play. I'm going to play. You skipped, you dance, you, it was called play. It wasn't called, I have to work out. And (laughs) now we've made workout like a dirty word. And where one gal said, what I say to my clients is I tell them, hey, when you vacuum, vacuum your house, you for one hour, that's 200 calories. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're cleaning the windows, you're because he had said to some of his clients, what are you doing? Because he had a tracker on an Apple watch. And he was like, what the hell are you doing on Saturday? Did you go to the gym for four hours? No, I cleaned my house. And he said, I could tell that during your working week, when you're sitting at a desk, the only time you actually had any movement or activity is when you came to see me and we did our one hour of, you know, training after that, it was like a flat line, but during the weekend, moving and grooving, getting groceries. So if you can add more of those days where you're just moving and grooving, not necessarily having to go to the gym and do an exercise, um, you'll be, uh, ahead of the game. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So tell me, do you have any I've heard some people say they have some holiday traditions where they kind of add movement within the holidays. Like you had talked about walking. Another friend of mine said he has his whole family after Thanksgiving dinner. They all get in the in his garage and they have some weights and whatever, and they all weight lift together, the guys. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Isn't it so fun? Yeah, I don't know if I could do that after dinner. <laughs> Maybe before. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah, definitely not the weightlifting after dinner for me either. I don't feel like doing that. Um, you know, when we lived in the States, we used to walk uh, every night after dinner and go see all the lights around the neighborhood. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed doing that. Uh, here, I mean, in, in Spain, it's so much easier for us. We walk basically like I walk to and from my kid's school every day. And I mean, I don't even have a car. My husband keeps the car most days. But What we do at nighttime a lot of times is we play outside or the beach is really close. So sometimes we'll watch the sunset on the beach and walk Mm -hmm. back. Um, We're always walking. If we go out to dinner or anything like that, we're always doing that. But the other thing is, is that if anybody has young kids, like we have young kids with pent up energy, we always play the dance songs. Like there's a bunch of different types of dance songs. Mm -hmm. So we do that. And then we play with the kids in that manner or do activities along that way. So you're being physically active without really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But the majority of the time for us, it's always been walks to enjoy what we can see, um, spend time doing that kind of thing, instead of, you know, just sitting there watching TV. Now, don't get me wrong, every once in a while, that is the solution to the problem is we're going to sit here and rest. But Mm -hmm. the majority of the time, it's something along those lines. The only other thing that we have done, my dad and I used to run together, we do like the fun runs and stuff. Mm -hmm around the holidays more so when I lived in Florida and it was still kind of warm, (laughs) but when in St. Louis and he's like, we can run a 5k today. I'm like, I'm not running a 5k. I can see my breath. There's ice on the ground and snow on the ground. That's not my idea. 
but I hear people like that. So if that's what you like, go do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. And you're mentioning something interesting, uh, Leslie, adding the social with the movement can be a whole bunch of fun. I mean, my one friend said, let's find a dance class we could do together. Or when I lived in New York City, we mega walked, I called it, because I love to walk and see the city scenes. So after work, we would walk for hours. And, you know, at that time, we were adding a cupcake at the end. But hey, we walked five, six miles. So (laughs) it's better as opposed to sitting there watching Netflix and having that cupcake, I guess. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's adding that movement. And and as you said, I think the most important advice you gave today is just becoming aware of your whole movement and what you're putting in your body. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. the first step. Well, this has been awesome. We could go on a lot more, but I don't want anyone to leave without finding out how they can work with you, find out more about you. How can they do that? Yeah, of course. So I'm Leslie Urbis on every platform, uh, Instagram, Facebook, or uh, LinkedIn. I also have a YouTube channel. But you can hit me up on any of those platforms, whichever one you prefer to hang out on and follow. And if you have questions, there's ways to message me. So that way you can get anything that you have burning, especially from this episode in your brain answered. Awesome. And I did see a Facebook page for you. Um, the food emotion code. Is that is that available for people? Yep. That's a Facebook group as well. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Leslie Urbas, I thank you again. This has been so in- informational, insightful, and I hope it'll give people the pump to realize it doesn't have to be all at once. You can conquer whatever uh, fitness health goals you want in this year and be that much healthier in 2024 or right now. You don't even have to wait for 2024. <laughs> I just have to thank you again for coming to Savvy Broadcasting. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I have a quick announcement. Christina of SavvyBroadcasting.com. As everyone might be aware who listens into the show, my second book just hit the stands this July, My Crazy Roommate. And each of the chapters has an illustration of an owl character that captures the essence of each chapter. Well, just before the book signing of my book, My Crazy Roommates, I had printed one of the owl characters on bookmarks. And they were such a hit that I ended up putting one on a mug and friends and family and readers loved them so much that we decided to put together a shop with these whimsical owl characters not only on Etsy but in our very own website SavvyBroadcasting.com so for that and many other wonderful evergreen gifts that we'll continue to put up as well as characters to come up for our future books go to SavvyBroadcasting.com or crazynestcreations.etsy.com and get your very own gift today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 